my lovely big dreamer welcome to the first episode in the second season of the big dreamers podcast i am your host the fisayo this is a community where we share our big dreams and how we can overcome the others of life thereby growing together this season our focus will be on nigeria and i will be discussing with my several guests on how we can continue to dream big and make an impact in spite of the many problems we face in nigeria today my guest gbk will be sharing with me on how she has been in partnerships that went wrong and also built impactful partnerships going forward so sit tight and enjoy hi gpk <laughs> hi kasaya welcome to the podcast thank you Okay, so before we start, um, before I ask all the questions I have for you today, would you mind introducing yourself? Tell us more about what you do. Yeah. Okay, my name is Jibike Fabrode. I am. Um, I don't. When people ask me about myself, I don't usually know how to even describe me because I'm right. sort of <laughs> But yeah, so mm-hmm. um, I'm currently a developer and practitioner working for the UK government in Nigeria. So in a nutshell, I mm-hmm. give scholarships to young people to go get an education mm-hmm. abroad and come back to expand the impact, the impact of their work and sort of the, the, the personal um, plans upon return to Nigeria. Um, besides that, I'm quite passionate about disability inclusion. So I'm a nonprofit I disability inclusion. So disability okay. rights and inclusion. So um, so outside of my formal work, I run a nonprofit called Include Me Africa, which is basically trying to develop partnerships to help people include people with disabilities in their programs and their way of life and everything. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. That's <laughs> yes. So I didn't know about the Include Me Africa. I might have seen it, but not as much as I see other things that I see on your on your page. What is yeah, literally just started not so long ago. So I've always had like a soft spot for disability issues because my grandmother did lose her eyesight before she passed on. So I worked closely okay. with her while she, um, during her last days. But um, fast forward to like two years, two years ago, in the course of my work, I was just sort of came to do better with our results so it was more for, from the results perspective I realized that we didn't have a lot of people with disabilities on the program since the inception so I said okay you know what I'm just going to do a campaign oh, to encourage nice. them and working closely with them sort of made me a bit more vested in the old movement yeah how, how, how long ago was that when did you start it and how has it been so far so I started in 2017 um, okay. but I started through my work and then it became too big for my work. So I had to start, like, I had to, I had to, um, start Include Me Africa because I needed a platform that could enable me to do all the things that I wanted to do. So, yeah. So would you mind sharing, like, I know from what you said so far, you're like a development enthusiast and you're also, yeah. you know, advocating for disabilities, for people that are disabled, in terms of inclusion and all that. So what are the major challenges you face in doing business and also in trying to make your voice heard, in trying to make Nigeria grow and people grow in Nigeria? What are the major challenges you faced? So when it comes to challenges, I think I'll talk about 
personal challenges from okay interest i have so many things that i know i can contribute sort of my own knowledge or my experiences so it's so difficult when you're trying to find clarity of purpose Mm. i think a lot of people were starting to work or at any level that you are basically in your career like a lot of people struggle with it I and mean, I found myself really questioning a lot of times that I'm interviewing people who want to go for, for scholarships and you ask them about their, you know, their career plan five years. And most of them are like, I don't even know mine. Like sometimes you, <laughs> it, it, it's, so, it's so difficult for you to put like a pen on it because you have so many conflicting sort of interests and things. Yeah. So I think that was the first thing that, you know, I would say really sort of, posed as a, as a problem for me challenge and I had to sort of really get into that space where I'm intentional about finding out exactly what is my purpose and how does it align with the things I'm currently doing like what is my story what do I want people to know me for and yeah mm. I think gradually I, I, I've come to the terms with that um, it's not perfect yet but yeah I think I'm better off than I started is that has that been the only challenge you've faced or that you would want to share? Um, so that's one. Um, I would say another thing is um my frustration with the education system. And so mm-hmm. when I found myself working in the education space, it was just like, yes, now I I get the like an avenue to sort of fix some of the issues that I think cost me not to have some clarity in the first place so for instance you know you're in school i studied engineering by the way so it's been a, a big i studied engineering in, in the university okay. Okay. and i now work in the development space and for me initially that was the main reason why i'm like okay what am i doing how do i connect the dots and so i would say because the education system in nigeria is not sort of experiential like it's you're not being yes. taught to either solve issues or you just start to just learn and pass. So that was what I did and I felt like I More academic to... and not experiential, like you can't really practice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I've always wanted to sort of have some impact on people. So engineering, you can always say you're just designing stuff or you have new technology, but there was no human or environmental impact. Like there was no way to sort of help us understand what it is that you're learning in class, how it applies to real life, how you're solving problems of people around you. So I think that was one disconnect for me. If I had learned that earlier, I probably would still be in the engineering space right now because I would have known, okay, this is exactly what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. So um, the classroom experience didn't give us that um, per se. Um, Another thing that I think was linked to that as well is mentorship. So it's difficult. I hear a lot of people saying, yes, get a mentor. Oh, I had a yeah. mentor this. And I'm like, where do you people find all these mentors? <laughs> I know. I know. Are we living in the same? Like, it's so difficult. And even when I started, you know, questioning a lot of my um, decisions, I was so desperate to connect myself to somebody who I thought was, you know, doing so well in the space that I wanted to get into or where I thought I wanted to be. And you reach out to them. And one, for, on the women's, on, on, on the female side, it's so difficult for you to even break through their walls for them to be, you know, receptive towards you. And then on the men's side, you have to now look into the whole... I don't want you're to not take sure advantage of... Exactly. And it's not even like you don't want to. I didn't even think it was a problem until it started happening. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. So, you know, I question, how do you just find mentors? So it's not as easy as people make it sound. 
it's just not that easy for us. And I think, you know, more sort of effort needs to be put into mentorship structures. I agree. I agree. Yeah. One way I, 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 since I've been in tourism for the past two to three years, the first year, I know it would have been a lot better if I had someone to mentor me, someone had been able to show me the ropes. But growing Uh in the industry, I, like the way I know now to get a mentor is most likely going to conferences like tourism conferences, meeting people, yeah. networking, and of course you build the relationship. And then, of course, you do more research and find out who actually aligns with your values. Sometimes you might see someone that actually would really love you so much and love what you're doing and want to actually help you. Mm-hmm. It might be a man, it might be a woman, but at the same time, you just have to be careful because, I mean, it's... Yeah, <laughs> it's I, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. And right now, like, I've found mentors who just took a keen interest in me and then we began to sort of develop that relationship. And it's been amazing, you know, I, I find people I can talk to, but then it's come... I won't say too late because it's never too late, but at the same time, I can just imagine how much more I probably would have been able to get through to mm-hmm. yeah. um, if it happened like earlier. And I look at lots of young girls. So my way of doing that is in my role and even outside of my role, you know, giving scholarships to people. I find people that I think are amazing. I just mentor them to actually be able to get that scholarship. And then when they come back, you know, I'm also following up with them to see how I can support them, link them up to other people within their space. Exactly. I know, you know, that they, they have like the same journey and they can they're relate trying to on, be that, on that basis. When you could not even find it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm trying because I know that it's just something like, I met a very young girl who was, she was, she was just about finishing uh, a university. Then she kept calling me because she, she won a competition in my office. And so she was just supposed to come for a day to meet people. And then I realized she kept on reaching out to me. And then I saw myself actually almost being like these women that I described, not being accessible. So sometimes we don't even know where we're doing this thing. Just think we're so busy. And I actually made a call for myself. Like, you know what? I'm just going to make myself very accessible. I may be busy, but I'll create time to help others and, you know, help them filter the different things coming into their head. Like, listen and, you know, show. I'm not saying you should do this, but you might want to consider this or that. Just, you know, just make yourself available and make your own experiences available to them as well to help them then. So that's what I've been doing. Um, yeah. And, so you the mentioned mentorship side. That yeah, okay, okay. You mentioned earlier that one of the major challenge is you not f- fully finding purpose, but now it's better. How were you able to combat that? Hmm. That one, eh? <laughs> a lot of <laughs> trial and error because so I come every year interviewing people who are going for one scholarship or to study one thing or the other and you know I, every time I leave that room I question myself okay what am I really doing mm-hmm. my life see these amazing young mm-hmm. people and you know I started saying you know what if this is the if this is what is helping them sort of come to this point where they know exactly what they want then I'll keep I'll also start you know looking out for opportunities so I could apply for different things fellowships you know scholarships whether it is that I'm fully qualified or not I just apply because I want to give myself that experience of questioning myself reflecting and putting things down on paper Mm. and the first one i did the first fellowship i applied for was so it was it was very emotionally demanding on me because i had to question every single thing i never had that sort of thorough communication with myself before before i did that and the questions i was just making sure i I answered them i knew i was going to get a scholarship but the fact that i did it (laughs) yeah you know yeah. It helped me put a lot of things in perspective. I knew exactly going away from that 
um, from that experience, I knew exactly what I needed to do next. And then that's how I just do it. So a lot of times I see jobs, I apply just not because I just want to get it, but because I just want to have that experience of, of doing that old reflection and writing my things down. So that's what worked for me because I like pressure. So I like the fact that those things like pressure, pressure me to do those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. I think I perform best under pressure. Okay. So, yeah. So that's, that's what's worked for me. And so when I tell people, like, when they want to apply for scholarships, especially the scholarship that I, I manage, I say, even if you think you're not, like, fully there yet, just apply because you're preparing yourself for, like, the next cycle or the next two cycles or even another opportunity just by you putting down your stuff. It helps you to sort of feel, okay, what am I doing right now? Oh, my God, like, there's so many gaps. These are things I need to do now, going away from this thing. So even whether, whether you're going to submit or not, just make sure you take those sort of little exercises. It could be transformative. It could just be you having the discipline to sort of sit down once in a while to reflect, ask questions, read up people's profiles. You don't even want to know how many times I just go. I look up to, like for profiles that of people that I think inspire me, places or positions I hope to sort of attain in the future. And I start looking at the requirements, the descript- job descriptions and see how can I begin to do those things now in my role? Or what will I need to do to close the gaps that currently exist? So that's really one way that I've been able to sort of find myself and my career path. Yeah. One more thing that sort of gives me headache is the <laughs> epileptic <laughs> power supply. I so know. The power situation in Nigeria is just... I know. It's ridiculous. So... I we spoke about the three things I'm passionate about. Anyways, but it's not like it's, it should be so. Like, around our side, we use inverter, but at the same time, it should, like, it shouldn't be us providing our power supply, basically. Do you get yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> okay, explain. Um, I, I know, I know. So, for instance, the inverters, like, you know, you're fortunate. So, how many people can actually afford inverters? I know, I know. When you start considering the the batteries and everything, so yeah. that's that's still that's still very very funny. So my, I think I I recently went by two weeks, two whole weeks without power. I have a generator; it's not a problem for me. I mean, I'm at work really late till like till very late at night. It's fine, but still, like you just want to come home and know that everything is fine. Like I really can't talk on the fridge. <laughs> With so much, just because there's no power, it's really annoying. So, and I can't even say how people even overcome that challenge because this is something that's still going on, like every other day. Yeah, so it's still going on. But because um, I've always so growing up, I always said, "Oh, this power thing." You know, that was one of the things that sort of motivated me to sort of get into the engineering space. So I studied electronic and electrical electrical engineering. Okay. And so the whole idea was yeah, the power situation, but because the learning wasn't sort of get towards yeah, so you know, experiment, you know, do these oh, things. There were no, okay. yeah, it wasn't really standard like that. So now that I've sort of seen the development stage, I know exactly how to make those plugs. Okay, how can I bring my experiences to this field? So are you the World Bank is doing so many power projects. So I'm not going back to the into engineering, but I'm getting back <laughs> into the power sector in a way. So it's more of the, the management side of things and project management in particular. So you have a lot of development partners funding projects, energy access projects. So it could be solar, renewables. You know, there's it's 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 a major sort of um, push right now from the international um, bodies to sort of get renewable, cleaner energy to 
a lot of marginalized communities or people like you know rural electrification agencies uh sorry yeah. rural electrification projects rather so yeah basically that's where i want to fit in so i have the development experience based you know if i care that with my first degree and what i'm currently doing at master's level everything sort of fits in so you see i said it took me a long while to get into this space where i but that's the, nowhere and edit but that's like that's life that's the process you building yourself exactly Every every experience you have gotten so far has built you for the position that you are taking right now. Yeah. Exactly. So I think I tell young people, like, don't be too in a hurry. Like, yeah, you might think you're not doing the, what you want now. The, the most important thing is how are you sort of maximizing the experiences that you have so that you can transfer them to whatever it is that you want to do in the future or, you know, whatever um, industry you want to land yourself in. So... Everything is very transferable and related, I think. So, so far, I know you already mentioned what gets you mad in Nigeria, mostly the power, the power supply, and you've mentioned the ways you're looking at solving mm-hmm. it, right? So, what are yeah. the other things? Is there any other thing you want to buttress on as a Nigerian? Like, you think people should know more about and people should at least take some steps? Because I, I believe, I always say this, I believe that Every problem is an opportunity for you to make better. It's for you to, everybody doing a business or the other, uh, they're all solving a problem. So you solving a problem exactly. is actually going to help you even make wealth, right? So what do you think mm-hmm. people can take advantage of in terms of the challenges we face in Nigeria? So I'll say we don't realize our strengths because everybody is just trying to see who, how can I make myself shine in this place? It's very... Mm sort of everybody's going in their own way to do their things without checking what are my friends doing what are my family members doing where can we sort of synergize and partner um because partnerships go a long way you just never know who can i don't even believe in starting something new every single time if somebody is doing something already how can i expand that what that person is doing how can i bring my own experiences to sort of support that thing so for instance i started include me africa not because i just wanted to start like another ngo it took me a while i thought I'm already doing it through my work. There's no need starting something. But then the need arose because I'm supposed to just be dealing with scholarships. And I started saying that, okay, there's way more to do with these people. These people have been marginalized. They have more needs. They have more things that people need to focus on. You need to get more awareness. But that would sort of take me away from the primary goal of the work that I do. So I said I needed to start something different. And I realized a lot of people were just going about giving sort of the solution in a different way it was more about yes let's just give them food or let's give them skills skills that really do are, they, are those the skills that they really want or sort of training them to be petty traders or something but it's not just not sustainable so i thought that a model would work and that was based on partnerships so how many more people can i see if i see that you know the, the, there's a need for them to sort of bridge the the tech gap and the disability cover community can I sort of partner with people who are already doing tech stuff and empower them with the with information they need, the evidence they need to sort of consider and expand what they're doing? That way I can reach more people instead of starting something new on my own every single time. Do you understand what I mean? So yeah. Include Me Africa is just built on partnerships. I'm only trying to help people see how better they can do whatever it is they're currently doing to include people with disabilities. That's all. So if more people would just make a conscious effort to sort of chase collaborations and partnerships. I can only imagine how much more um, sort of results we're able to sort of 
um, put together because a lot of people are doing different things in different areas, but they don't just all add up because we're not sticking to each other. We're not wanting to collaborate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So beyond patriotism that everybody keeps screaming about, a lot mm. of Nigerians are doing brilliant things. But yeah, everybody is sort of selfish. It has to be my name. It has to be no like. So what's the solution oriented basically? Yeah, I agree. So with with us, uh, with the fact that we are, people already know that um, collaboration, I know is the thing that people are lacking behind in Nigeria. Not just, not just. Uh, <laughs> it's it's something that people keep talking about. Oh, you could, you guys don't want to collaborate. The, the whites or people in America are going fired because they are collaborating. Mm-hmm. But yet, people know this, but yet they don't do it. So, is there something that we can tell them that? <laughs> Because with what I do, I make sure I try and possibly best to collaborate with people in terms of whether it's a movie or whatever video we're doing or whatever tech yeah. we're handling. I try my possible best to collaborate because I know I cannot do it all. I only know as little as I know. People know more than me. So when I, why don't I collaborate with those other people that at least we all add up and make it all, right? So to those other people who don't yet do it, is there anything that you think can push that button? So I think a lot of people have been hurt by different sort of partnerships gone wrong mm. and so they, they you know they carry that narrative about and really for partnerships to go wrong it means you went there with a the wrong intention or you just did not choose the kind of partnership that would suit your own need properly so it's not as partnerships are not are not right it's how you go about it it's for instance you're looking for somebody who can raise awareness about your initiative so you go with somebody that has 100k followers and then you come back saying, oh, this person didn't do anything. It's like, it's just useless. Because the person's followership doesn't reflect with what you're trying to achieve. Mm. So, you know, people just do things without thinking it through. As much as partnerships have to be, like, shared values. So, if you identify where you both of you can share values, there's no way you can leave that partnership thinking that you were used or you didn't get enough from it or something. So I think people just need to be more intentional. It's not just, don't just go about looking at, um, looking at so- the surface value. You have to really dig deep and see, okay, what exactly am I looking to get out of this? And is this the best sort of partnership that would help me achieve this? And what value am I giving to that person in return? So I think those are like, you know, fundamental things that people need to sort of put some time into before they, they, before they get into partnerships. And I think the story would definitely change Another thing is greed. You know, greed sort of blinds your eye towards like a lot of things because you're looking at how you want to take all the all the accolades, so to speak. It sounds like you just want it to be all about so you. <laughs> so for, for my job, a lot of people come here. Can we, you know, can we partner? Can we do this? And let's talk about all their grand plans. And I'm looking in all of these things you've said. How do I stand to gain? And then they 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 pause for a bit and then they, they become less audible because they, they didn't really put their thought into that. So if you come to me with that, there's no way I would understand. But if the different thing when you come to me, no matter what you say, I can already put and say, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm actually thinking this way. Why don't you do it this way? I think this will be better. But I'm more welcoming towards the idea because I've seen that you've put a little more effort into thinking about how I sort of, how my, my needs and, and sort of, of experiences come into play, not just about you. So I think greed is another one of the factors that sort of stops people from collaborating. Yeah, but anyway, for these things that will always be there, it's just you being intentional. What exactly is the exactly. end game for you? And how was that all saying earlier? That? That 
it sounds like you've experienced more of these things. Like you, <laughs> yeah, the look of almost everything. I have, bro. But like the negative experiences sort of determine from doing the right thing. No, so I think people need to just sort of put negative experiences or negative narratives behind them, and sort of go for the things that really work for them. That's that's me. So there's this new segment we're starting in this new season. Since it's themed okay. Nigeria, what three things do you see happening positively in Nigeria in the next, let's say, 30 years? Like, you're basically going to be de- declaring, like, just speaking it into existence. Next 30 years, Nigeria will have, <laughs> I don't know, whatever it is, those three things. So 30 years, I think I'm just going to make them reflect the areas where I'm quite, where I have vested interest at the moment. Obviously, I'm interested in so many areas, but um, the three things I'm currently sort of working on, one is that the power sector, so our power issues, our power situation will be way yeah. better. Yeah. So we have stable supply of electricity. Don't say way better, we have to stay we're ahead. <laughs> That's why I'm going there now. I'm being specific. <laughs> <laughs> stable, reliable, and clean energy, you know, nice. power. Um, yeah, access for everybody. Um, so 30 years, if we're serious about transforming Nigeria, I think that's one way where that we need to prioritize because if energy works well, it trickles down to every other sector. It's like a critical component for economic growth, for poverty alleviation. Energy is just one thing that we need to get right. I agree. Secondly, is education. Um, that our budget, so the education share of our budget reflects the needs of the of the sector basically so that government will put a lot more that private sector will come together with government and fund you know elect, um, education projects and make our education system in nigeria better because as much as everybody wants to talk about yes canada go abroad and all the yeah. people cannot take all nigerians now like we're so plenty yeah so we need to get it right yeah yeah in our in our country as well so and i'm not against people traveling go but come back and at least you know get some of the things that you've learned come and put them into use you don't have to come back permanently from where you are you can actually be contributing in a way your partnering rights and and all of that so yeah education and third i think i want to see less people on the streets it's becoming um an iso everywhere you go you're seeing people begging you're seeing and nobody's doing anything about this young people women kids on the roads begging and you know staying out till all hours of the night a lot of them are disabled so i want to see sort of a nigeria that where we take we take inequalities more seriously you know we have a plan for the poor the marginalized and you know we're actually a bit more concerned about every other person apart from ourselves because right now you can count the number of people that we're driving past and people are begging nobody we've become sort of blind to them you know what concerning the people on the road i feel like these days is more of a business strategy so i really don't um oh what's the word now sometimes i don't take them serious because i've heard and i've seen that oh these people are being put in this particular location because they they are basically making money for these certain people in the society it's a root cause well that's a surface problem what's the root cause there are people on the street so it's a business it's a dog it's dog world. Like even in it the has street, to be yeah, people will run the, the, the street. 
so are... what is that thing that kept these people on the street in the first place where they are seeing them to use and put on the road it means that they're still part of the problem it's still homelessness it's still you know these are poor people that need some way to survive so that's the root cause like these are people that either they have disabilities or they are, whether it is that they're making money for other people the fact remains that they have nowhere to go so they resorted to those things so if you don't solve the root cause of these issues, whether it is that they're exploiting them for business uses or anything, that's like a that's a surface problem. So giving them so we need to be more deliberate this problem. So what will be the major thing? Like what will be the root <laughs> solution, right? That will take them away from the street because giving them money is only going to bring them back to the street. So um, there are two ways. What can you do now as a person when you don't really have any structure what's the least you can do you give them money at least they can buy food and they're okay for that day that's fine but that's not sustainable what's sustainable is people like you and i coming together to actually address it with structures with with projects with interventions or even just advocating the government level and saying this is what the situation is are you not seeing this these are ways in which you can help so not just sitting back and saying this is a business for these people, for people, what exactly can you do to ensure that these people that are being marginalized, because there are people that are taking advantage of these small kids and, and women. You know, it's more like modern slavery in, so, in some way, yeah. when you look at it. So how can we make sure that the things, the drivers of these things are being eliminated or to some large extent, you know, reduced? So if you're looking at schooling, so do you want to put them in school or do you want to get like them to be in how can you integrate them into the different interventions that currently, um, you know, existing by government or even the develop like developing partners or anyway? So it's more like, can people just be a bit more deliberate as to how they face these issues? Just like you say, a lot of people are saying, yeah, the girl child, these all, you know, girls and women. Back then, it was it was just not even a cost, but because people are everybody are taking as a, as a priority. You see companies talking about how they want to get women how they want to focus on, you understand, like, so if we can get people to take a lot more issues seriously, not just government, but even, you know, the private sector, businesses, I think there's a lot more that we can do as a people, as opposed to individuals. So, yeah. I don't have all the answers, but come on, if we come together and think about solutions to these things, there's something that we can do to stop this. Yes. I agree. So thank yeah. you very much for joining. So thank you, Sisaya. Africa. I know that most of these initiatives are being carried out by Pulini Africa also. So well done. I'll be very happy to even volunteer as if on any of your projects ah, you have. <laughs> thank you very much. I definitely reach out when we have um interventions coming up. So do you want to plug in your yeah. social media and those? Right. Um. So it's at Jibikelua on Instagram. J i b i k e o l u w a. I think. Mm-hmm. You say you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's my main sort of. I, I'm not really. I have a list. I have a Twitter handle, but I'm not very active. On um. Twitter. Active on Twitter, but um, include me Africa also as um. It's on media social media pages. Um and it's at include me Africa on all the channels. So Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for joining JPK. Thank you very much, Retire. 
don't you just love it when you listen to these germs? I like it when I invite people and I learn a lot from them. And Jupiter is one person I learned. If you notice, I was like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> So, guys, so here's the thing. I want you to tell me one thing you're doing in your community that you can say, oh, this is my contribution to my community around me that is taking my community forward or that as a whole is pushing Nigeria forward. You know, you can always send your voice message. I will leave a link. We have an Instagram page. It's called the Big Jimmers underscore. Like, at the Big Jimmers underscore on Instagram. So, you can click the link in the bio there to leave a voice message. So, I can attach it to upcoming podcasts if you don't mind me attaching it. Let's share. Let's contribute. Let people know more about you. It's also an opportunity for people to know you and what you do. So, that if people need to collaborate you heard what we can say we should collaborate <laughs> so if people need to collaborate with you they can know you and you know that's how magic happens so yeah what are you doing in your community to move the your community forward move nigeria forward as a whole everybody um has a responsibility to develop nigeria it's not just the government's responsibility right so what are you doing and don't let the problem stop you right it's not going to be easy i've mentioned a lot of things in my first season talking with my other guests i'm sure you will learn a lot about how to overcome some challenges you face personally and even in business right so let me know what you guys think i would really love to hear you know because i like you're here for a reason meaning that you're a big gymmer so i would really love to hear what the big gymmers are up to and what you guys are doing to contribute to the society so that people can also learn and, and also follow you and you know join the movement of um you know promoting good in society and also giving back and developing the community developing nigeria as a whole so yes guys what do you think if you enjoyed this podcast you know as usual like like five star liking (laughs) give us five stars appreciate us i don't know if you're listening to us on apple or itunes please do give this podcast a five star rating like this podcast and share with your family and friends let them also learn and don't forget to follow gbk on social handles she left and follow me also on twitter instagram everywhere at defisayo t-h-e-f-i-s-a-y-o defisayo i'm also on youtube i make travel videos and tourism videos so you should check that out too i believe i've come to the end of today's podcast yes 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 till next time which is next week friday (laughs) do not forget to subscribe yes i always forget to say this subscribe you can always subscribe so that you can um, be notified immediately i release a podcast um you can either be notified on itunes spotify i really don't know what you're listening using to listen because we're everywhere like i just said right so yeah subscribe and till next week don't forget to stay awesome stay inspired peace